Hey everyone, it's Harmon. Welcome back to Comedy History 101. We have a special two-part episode for you today. Well, not today, but part one is today on the history of Lenny Bruce, censorship, and free speech. Yes, an episode so nice, we had to episode it twice. And without further ado... Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. Comedy History 101. I can't come. Because you don't love me, that's why you can't come. I love you, I just can't come, that's my hang-up. I can't come and I'm loaded, all right? Because you don't love me. Just what the hell is the matter with you? What has that got to do with loving you? I just can't come, that's all. We got the idea. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. So, so what we... Oh, I'm, I'm a police officer in the 1960s writing oh, no. down I'm, these I'm, dirty words. I'm Lenny Bruce. I'm going to... I want to bust Lenny Bruce on obscenity charges because hey, I'm a 1960s hey, police officer at in in the village. Hey man, don't <laughs> back off, cat. You know that's not cool jazz. You're, you're daddy-o, 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 man. Yeah. I'm not digging the daddy-o no. on stage. So no. what you heard there was a, a a clip from a comedy routine of one. Lenny Bruce, whose real name was actually Lenny Bruce Schneider, if you're if you're taking notes on that. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. I, of course, am Harmon Leon. With me, of course, Scott Colonico. Scott, am I, I, I've never asked you this, but am I pronouncing your name correctly? Hey man, like it's all cool. <laughs> Dig, baby. It's all everything's all correct, man. <laughs> Beep pop up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're down at the village at the cafe a go go. I know. I mean, I, th- I think that like because you know you know we're both comedy kind of nerds. We like comedy history, and you know I knew. Oh, about, you know what? In fact, we do a podcast yeah, on it as well. But I knew which about, which by the way we're doing at this current moment. That's right. And I knew I knew about Lenny Bruce. Is that meta? That's meta. I, I was just yeah. being meta for a second. <laughs> But I yeah, go ahead. Stuff, go on. But they, but they're going back for this episode and kind of going back through all of his materials. Like, man, that guy—he was like kind of like a—he was more of a beatnik than a comedian, really. He was like a super, super famous beatnik. Yeah, I mean, there's two camps of it, and and basically, the the today's episode, in case you're wondering, is about well, not only Lenny Bruce, but more about uh, the Lenny Bruce censorship in in the Lenny Bruce trials, where mm-hmm. he was continually arrested on obscenity charges for doing stand up comedy. Yeah, and I but, found I found, we'll get to this later, Harmon. Just a little sneak peek, though. I, I found a couple of uh, a few excerpts from the transcripts we can read. Oh, like like oh right, yeah. like like <laughs> in the later days of Lenny Bruce when he would do that on stage. Exactly. I, well, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah, so anyways, just to give a little backdrop into the Lenny Bruce origin story, um, he started as a comedian in the 50s, and he, 
I found a very a, a similar parallel to say uh, the origin story of Richard Pryor. Whoa, which you could probably check out on one of our episodes. I'm sure we've talked about Richard Pryor numerous times here. Yeah, they could Comedy they History One Hundred and One. They could go to ComedyHistory101.com and utilize our new search bar that we've just implemented on the site to find that. Yeah, and if they history. can't find that website, they can uh, contact us on Instagram at Comedy History One Hundred and One, or they can just Google Comedy History because you know what, <laughs> we're, we're kind of on page one now. Yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of. Still doesn't make people comment and leave like us on iTunes. Oh, they like us. They're just not leaving comments. <laughs> are they shy? Are our listeners I think shy? shy? I think that's what it is, man. People or do they need to be shamed in it? Or maybe we were <laughs> shaming them into it. It was turning um, them off. On yeah, maybe we comment. should have internet justice take them out. Sorry. Or maybe our words should be censored on the topic. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Tying us back in to Lenny Bruce. So would I? So we we both watched that documentary, Lenny Bruce uh, Swear to Tell the Truth, which is, it was all right. Kind yeah. of dated. Yeah. Um, narrated by Robert De Niro. Yeah, I, thought, I did find something inter- uh, interesting bit of trivia from that. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy, the director of that movie later went on to do uh, some of the episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, really? Yeah, and then uh, number mm-hmm. two was that his assistant at the time was the guy who would become the lead singer of 90s band School of Fish. <laughs> they had a no one idea hit. who that is. <laughs> Did School hit. of Fish later just become Fish? They had one hit. They had one hit, like in '91 or something. What What was their hit? Because I have a funny, similar story to to tell you. Three Three Strange <laughs> Days. What was it? What was the name of their hit? What was it? Oh, Three Strange Day. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, probably, okay. you probably remember it. Yeah. Um, just a side note, and uh, listeners, if you just want to take a breather on this, I one of the internet radio stations I listen to is from like Salem. Uh, Oregon, I think, or Washington. Oh, yeah. we're gonna get letters. Yeah. Um, but they they had a, they had an ad on the the spin doctors are coming and oh, they'll man. be playing all their hits, they, they all their cu- hits. They had a couple. Really, they, they had a couple. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we digress. We digress so, yeah. wh- so how does that? Di- what does that have to do with Lenny Bruce? So, Lenny Bruce, like in that uh, documentary, um, he started out as like kind of like a normal mainstream comedian. There was actually clips of him, which I was surprised of doing comedy sketches on TV with with who Scott Steve Buddy Allen. Hackett. Oh, Steve no, Luke Buddy Allen. Hackett yeah. earlier than that. Yeah. <laughs> so he started out uh, just normal comedian doing normal mainstream comedy comedy, much like Richard how Richard Pryor started out. But then there's the Lenny Bruce origin story of how Lenny Bruce became the Lenny Bruce who ended up getting. Uh, arrested on numerous occasions for obscenity charges. Um, he met his future wife, uh, Honey Bruce. She wasn't named Honey Bruce at the time. No, she was just Honey. <laughs> taste of Honey. Yeah, yeah. That's probably her stripper uh, name, A Taste of Honey. Ah, because that was my next question. Scott, what was her vocation? And she was a stripper. She was a stripper. And what do strippers do? Well, they take their clothes off. Strip. strip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So Lenny Bruce started working. um, He started working at strip clubs, like uh, on the strip club circuit. And that's like uh, what they said really kind of freed him up into the comedy stylings, as you will, of being the Lenny Bruce that we know and love. 
Yeah, if I think, we love I think you, can, Bruce. you can kind of definitely hear that in his roots, though, especially that the clip that we played. That two, two is a preposition, come as a verb. You can just definitely hear that kind of jazz ad lib kind of thing. Like it would, he, it was in that documentary where they talked about he would come on stage to be the MC. And he would turn around and, and he would talk to the people in the band. You know, that he would he would consider those, yeah. those guys his friends and not the audience. Yeah, yeah. His like job was like uh, not really his job, but uh, his thing was more to make the band laugh yeah. and uh, have an interplay with the band. Which, uh, yeah, like I said in that opening clip, it's kind of very, uh, you know, very. You would almost like uh, applaud that bit by snapping your fingers, maybe. Oh yeah, crazy man. Crazy. And adjusting your 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 goatee beret. and uh, beret. beret. Yeah, <laughs> go man, go. Yeah, yeah. So he started out. He started. He played at strip clubs. Uh, he kind of that which freed him up. And then you know, um, what did they call him? He was like the most filthiest comedian in America. They called the, him the dirty comic. Well, I mean, he got you know from the strip clubs. He started getting more and more mainstream as we we're talking about. Eventually, he wound up appearing on uh, the Steve Allen show. Huh. <laughs> hey, now it's another place. <laughs> I'm getting loaded. Is this possible loaded on aeroplane glue? Maybe it's just stuffy in here. I'll call my dog over. Flicker. <laughs> Flicker, come here, darling, and smell this rat. Smell it, you freaky little doggy. <laughs> smell that rat, Flicker. Flicker. Flicker! <laughs> it worked. I'm the Louis Pasteur of junkiedom. <laughs> Back in the, the day, even now, you have to go give all your bits to the censors before you go on stage. And he actually right. went on, yeah, and he, and he ad-libbed. And if you, when you watch the clip, you can see him looking off to the side of the stage and just going, sorry, Steve, I'm doing, you know, I'm ad-libbing oh, this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really cool. And then also, he was the, he was the first guest on the first episode of uh, Hugh Hefner's Playboy Penthouse. This is a kind of... Uh an interesting part, you know, I first figured it would be like sort of a TV, you know, typical uh, fake party, you know, but it's got a good party feeling to it with some pretty chicks, you know, which is a good composite here. Well, the and, girls uh, and we and serve she, real liquor and it, yeah. it does the trick. Do you think you'll get any objection, uh, uh, you know, drinking on the show? I don't think I've ever seen that on the show. Do you think that'll uh, well, be objection? Well, we'll find out. Oh, wow, October 1959. 1959, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and who was yeah. the last guest on there? I don't know, but I know, uh, man. I think <laughs> we got we, That's a whole nother episode. Yeah, but there's we should do one on the play. A lot of comedians, a lot of comedians. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, we're on, yeah. Deep Purple. That's great. He called, but he called it play, Playboy Penthouse? Yeah, it was Playboy Penthouse. Yeah, and he would just like, it was like. The that's like having a TV party. show called Hustler's Screw. Yeah, <laughs> two, two two other magazines. Yeah, because yeah. Penta- so Penthouse magazine was around. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So those clips are good. But another thing about his origin story is like his mom was actually a comedian herself, Sally Marr. Oh yeah, okay. Well, she was. I I I take it she was more like she was a dancer, kind of a vaudevillian type, right. and uh, kind of do it all. But um, yeah, said so she was a comedian. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of like, so grew up in that sort of uh, environment. Uh, Scott, do you know what his dad did? They were divorced, but his dad? No. Uh, Podiatri- podiatrist. No, I really? <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Okay. Yeah, the Schneiders, because uh, that's his real name. And you know what the, the name means in German? 
uh, Schwong? Taylor. 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 Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. But, so, um, so Letty Bruce, um, let's, let's jump ahead. Oh, he, he was dubbed the most shocking comedian of the day. Um, but at the top, you know, and, and at the height before, uh, the kind of main crux of this episode, um, he was playing like Carnegie Hall. Yeah, he was not a bad, not a bad gig. No, not a bad gig for a dirty comedian. Yeah. Yeah, but that same, very same year he played Carnegie Hall would be like the first year I believe he got arrested mm-hmm. yeah. for obscenity. But, Scott, let's just jump back, and this even ties into other episodes we've done. Like, being a dirty, or as they say in the business, a blue comedian was nothing new. Um, as you might hear on one of our past episodes on the history of party records. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, those people were, uh, they were um, dirty way back in the day. They were they were dirty. Like Lenny Bruce didn't invent being dirty. No, he didn't. No, would there? Well, can I say two words to you that it constitutes a man's name? Red Fox. Red Fox. <laughs> this little boy came home from a spelling bee, and his dad asked him, he "said Son, did you win first prize?" His dad said, "No, pa." Kids, I I didn't win first prize at all. In fact, I missed the first word. His dad said, "You missed the first word. What was it?" The kid said it was posse. He said, no wonder you missed it. You don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Who uh, used to work with Malcolm X. Yep, as a dishwasher in St. Louis, if I'm correct. Yes, or uh, I think they worked on the train together. Ah, okay, right, okay. Um, yeah, uh, red, he had red hair back in the day. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and, and of course, Laugh Records and the Woodpecker song, which uh, we talk about in the history of party records. Oh, yeah. OK. But, you know, I think everything took a turn. Uh, so I believe he was getting arrested, but it was like just minor, you know, as we also another episode we did on the influences of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, as you see in the fictional version on TV, uh, you know, he would be arrested and then just kind of released. Uh, but I think things turned when he was arrested in Philadelphia. And I believe it was someone who worked for the police department said to him, you know, like, all this can go away if you just, you know, pay, you know, bribe some people. Okay. Yeah. And and then he reported back that, a, you know, a police officer or a member of, you know, an official actually said that to him. And then that's when the shit went down. Oh, okay. He didn't want to pay up. No, no, no. But he made it public. Oh, okay. That 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 uh, he was being offered that. So, just just a brief rundown on on the case of uh, the people versus uh, Bruce, which is unparalleled in the history of American law. He was involved in at least eight obscenity arrests. Uh, he was entailed in six trials in four cities. Um, it took some four years and 3,500 pages of trial transcripts. Uh, her uh, transcripts, yep, uh, required eight state trial judges um, who heard uh, bail matters, engaged more than a dozen state attorneys, and doubled that number of billable 
our defense thing. Okay, that's boring. Uh, oh, it prompted legal action by Bruce in federal courts in New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Consumed untold man hours and amounts of public monies and compromise. All right, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was a lot. You, you get it. You get it. There was he, he a get, lot. He got, he got work for a lot of people for, some, for saying things that nowadays, you know, some of them you can say on TV now. Yeah, so uh, I believe in he his uh, anniversary of his arrest in New York, and we'll go into that, which was into in I, I think that was like 1964. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it said like between 61 and 64 is when uh, like all his arrests took place. So, you know, in San Francisco, he was arrested at the Jazz Workshop, Los Angeles, and the Troubadour, which is still around. Yep. Uh, Chicago, Gate of Horn, and New York, of course, at Cafe Agogo. In the village, yes. Yeah, so wait, I was trying to think of that. Was it from Mean Streets where they uh, said, hey, let's go to the village to the Cafe Bizarro? Is that from <laughs> Mean Streets? No, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so his crime uh, in New York, and uh, we'll get to how he got to New York, was using such phrases as... Jack me off, right. nice tits, go coming and chicken in his stand-up comedy routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've got, if we want to get into the nitty-gritty on some of these, uh, for example, uh, Harmon, I f- have part of the D- New York trial transcript uh, in front of me, uh, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so... Um, it is here in this. Oh, should we wait for this? Wait, side? hold hold on. They're they're coming to arrest Lenny Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> there they come. Uh, yeah. So just read this real quick. I'll read this. So basically, this is from the um, New York trial transcript, volume five, <laughs> and this is a part of the trial where they have a psychologist as a witness on this on the stand who is um, they're asking him. Uh, about Lenny Bruce's act, he's a, a witness. He's a, a witness for Lenny's Lenny's defense, and ah. uh, here and here's the witness reading uh, Lenny's joke, and he's saying so. His joke wet said, "Titty's bloody and maimed. It it is clean, but if the titty is pretty, it is dirty. Exactly the kind of thing we do with sex. We find the straightforward, untouched titty dirty and disturbing. We find the mutilated, brutalated female form. I'd say acceptable." Language, language of the courts, language of politics, public language which serves to hide you from a great deal of truth that is beneath those languages. And my opinion is that actually the so-called dirty words that he uses are never used in the dirty sense, always to fulfill this function of breaking up the language and allowing you to see how you actually live. <laughs> Motherfucker, use of shit congealed, I think is a perfect perfect example of this. So that was, that was a psychologist uh, reading some of... Uh, Lenny Bruce's uh, act in the courtroom, for the record. Yeah, so again, you see this in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, is that, um, especially when he went to New York, and uh, he went to New York after, you know, being banned in other cities like San Francisco and Chicago. Um, So he went to New York in, I believe it was 1964, and when he he was gigging at the Cafe at Go-Go, um, the police and would be undercover and just jotting down his act to read and as transcripts in court. And also, so basically, he would the, they would read the transcripts of his act and uh, without the benefit of uh, delivery 
or yeah, timing, so, or context. So, so to that, to that, yeah, to that very, uh, that very point. So I have just a really quick thing from this is from the San Francisco trial courts group, which is um, which 19, I'll give you the date of that was 1961, 61, where he's arrested in San Francisco and charged with violating the California obscenity law. Yeah, so so this is from the trial, and this is what you were talking about. This is part of the transcript that he would read on stage. Or he he makes uh-huh. reference to on stage because it's actually kind of crazy when you read the transcript. So, this is um, the uh, the the lawyer questioning the arresting officers about what he saw in the club. So the lawyer uh-huh. says, uh, "Officer Ryan, you're that's the arresting officer. Officer Ryan, you're quite familiar with the term cocksucker, are you not? <laughs> Answer: I've heard it is used. Yes." Question. As a matter of fact, Officer Ryan, it was used in the police station on the night that Lenny Bruce was booked there, was it not? Answer. No, not to my knowledge. <laughs> Question. Well, as a matter of fact, is it frequently used in the police station? Is it not? And then the judge interrupts them. And then they, they keep talking about the word cocksucker. <laughs> so like, this, this is funny. The lawyer question is, now, Officer Ryan, there is nothing obscene in and of, in and of itself about the word cock, is there? <laughs> and then people start objecting. <laughs> The crazy times, the yeah. crazy times. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Like, so after that San Francisco trial, uh, he was also arrested twice in uh, L.A. and once in Chicago. But in 1963, um, he went over to gig in the U.K. and they turned him away. Oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah, he didn't even get in. They, they, they kicked him out. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought like, you know, because like 1963, around the same time, uh like we talked about on this very podcast, you have like the Beyond the Fringe going on and you have the Goon Show and they were kind of, you know, culturally groundbreaking type shows. Yeah, I mean, the Goon Show was the 50s. Yeah, so, but I mean, I guess you don't have that element of saying the wrong, bad, dirty words like cock. Yeah, so that, I was just surprised. That was something uh, new. I didn't know that he was turned away from the UK. Yeah, no, that was I, I didn't know much about that either. Yeah, so after that, so uh, and here's the theory I'm going to bring up. Uh, so okay. after being harassed on the West Coast, uh, he took his act to New York. And back then, it's like it's really weird. You had to have a, a cabaret card to perform. It's like they took like they took away uh, Billy Holiday's cabaret card, so it's like you couldn't gig without a cabaret card. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so I that does not exist today. No, <laughs> I do not have. You a don't have one, card. dude. Shh, don't say that on air. All right, all right, yeah, okay. Um, so, um, it's so nineteen sixty four. Scott, what was going on? And this is a scoop that I'm putting two and two together. Okay, th- let um, me hear it. What was going on in nineteen sixty four in New York City? The the the, a, the Dodgers a, the Brooklyn Brooklyn a, Dodgers a, a a fair of some sort Flushing Meadows a a big kind of globy thing 1964 New York World <laughs> Fair bingo right so during the 1964 World Fair that the the mayor of New York said we gotta people are gonna be coming to our city so we gotta crack down on you know the the, the bohemians and 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 the the, the beatniks in the obscenity so right. uh, so not only that but they like that was a big time when they were cracking down on any type of gay bar 
Um, and again, this was said in the documentary. They the they were trying to take element. They couldn't crack down on the whole thing because there was like strip clubs going on, uh, you know, at the same time, and they couldn't like crack down on everything. So they would take one component of each of these sort of. Uh, you know, what they call obscene and, and, you know, make an example of something. So in the case of like comedians being dirty and by no means, you know, Lenny Bruce was the only dirty comedian of the day. I mean, George Carlin was around the same time. I believe he was getting arrested as well. And other comedians we talked about would be arrested for obscenity. But I think he was targeted because he was the most famous. Yeah, well, definitely. And that was kind of his uh, his gimmick, too. Yeah, and then, you know, he would be defiant about that, and he would know, like, when he was playing the Cafe A Go-Go that there's police in the audience, and he would come back with his old standards, like, as we played up front, to come as a preposition. That was one of his uh, classic bits, the uh, Red Hot Enema, guys who are carnal, and also, Scott... uh, I, I believe we talked about this further my, my, uh, uh, before that my favorite all-time Lenny Bruce routine had to do with a former first lady. Well, and what would that be? Uh, a bit called Eleanor Roosevelt's tits. Can you, can you do it? <laughs> um, you saw that routine. It's sort of like <laughs> there wasn't a single... That's, that goes into the camp of uh, Lenny Bruce being a bit dated with his material. Okay, yeah. Didn't <laughs> um, there wasn't a... It was no real joke in it. It was more the fact that he kept saying Eleanor Roosevelt's tits. It's like, what if you saw Eleanor Roosevelt's tits? Nice tits, Eleanor Roosevelt. There's Eleanor Roosevelt showing me her tits. It just kind of went on like that. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, just for the uh, for those, you know, we know our fans are probably keeping track at home and everything, Harmon. Um, I looked this up, but yeah, comedian Car- uh, George Carlin was arrested in Wisconsin. In July 1972, mm. for saying this, doing his seven seven words bit, uh, but it was later thrown thrown out. Oh, but yeah, but that's 1972. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, this was going about. on in 60s. Yeah. But um, you know, and again, there was more ground. There was, or I would say, well, no, I mean, Lenny Bruce is Lenny Bruce, but uh, you know, equally groundbreaking comedians of that time were people like you know Dick Gregory. Um, you know, who who later went on to be, you know, an activist and, you know, kind of just breaking the the cultural color line in, in, in comedy, you know, and just doing, you know, about routines about the civil rights, uh, movement and, and all that. But, uh, you know, again, Lenny Bruce was, you know, essentially just being arrested, uh, for freedom, free speech. Yeah. Which is, which is what this podcast is about. Exactly. And I think that's a good spot to wind things down for the end of part one of the history of Lenny Bruce censorship and free speech. We'll be back next week with part two, and we will tell you how it all worked out for Lenny Bruce. And I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts. And with that, I think it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Oh, Harmon. Well, same thing as usual. We know uh, Harmon, I wrote and directed and Harmon produced a short film called, a short documentary film called Everything You Want to Know About Sudden Birth But We're Afraid to Ask. That is on the festival circuit now. Uh, we'll be see, that'll be showing at the 
Norwegian Short Film Festival this weekend. So I don't know how fast you're getting this up. But then later on, you'll be able to see it at the AFI, prestigious AFI Docs Film mm. Festival in Silver Springs, Maryland. And then the other cool thing is we have another film uh, entitled The Escape Agents. It's a, it's a documentary about uh, people escaping from East Germany. Kind of cool. And that'll be showing at the uh, Art Film Festival in Slovakia next week. Nice. Well yeah. done. Well yeah. done. And for me, uh, just uh, upcoming in July, I'll be producing a five-day storytelling festival called Tale Fest at the Crane Theater in the Lower East Side across the street from, uh, I think, it, what was it called? The Signal One Theater, where mm-hmm. we talked about on an episode oh, yeah. here where uh, Chevy Chase got his start. So, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, the, the Groove Tube. Yeah. Yeah, look for that, and you can check out all my stories at theobserver.com. Um, be sure to subscribe and like us and tell your friends, and thanks a lot for tuning in, and bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.